Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 turn in your bibles to isaiah chapter 9 if you're watching online i encourage you to grab your uh, word and uh, we always want to make sure that what's being preached is actually what god's word says there's so much out there that is contrary to what God's Word says, and we're living in a day again. What I say is the days of deception, the days that Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24, that uh, three times, He used that three times. Uh, I'm just checking my mic here. I heard it go out for just a sec. Uh, so three times, Matthew 24, when it comes to the last days, He says, do not be deceived. So, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, let's read verses 6 and 7, only for the sake of time. Uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with righteousness, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can gather around your word now for this central to our services. We want to hear your voice today, Lord. Whatever distractions are there, may they be pushed out of our hearts and minds so we can be filled with your word. Lord, help me to convey what needs to be conveyed this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Pastor Chris and I, as you know, have been teaching uh, a series called End Game. It was our series on prophetic events, things that are going to happen in the future according to God's Word in light of what's happening today. And we're seeing so much begin to crystallize as you know as if you've been listening to the messages. We see the pieces falling into place. And I believe that this is a great word to end our series with as we think of the future, as we think of what God has done and what He's going to do in the future. I mean, really, this is a Christmas message, and I know that some people are against celebrating Christmas because it does have some pagan roots to it, and I agree with that. I've studied on that, but there's three things you can do with the holidays of any particular culture. You could either reject them, 
That means flat out say no. You could either receive them like we do with Thanksgiving, knowing what that was founded on, or you can redeem it, which is what I choose to do with Christmas because the central focus of Christmas is the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I want to deal with that this morning. We focus on the birth of Jesus Christ, but what does that mean and what's ahead for us as we see the promise of the Messiah fulfilled at the first coming, but yet there's second components to that are, that are going to be fulfilled in the future. Now, the Isaiah 9-6 verse, probably many of you already, it triggered your memory because you've seen this verse on Christmas cards before. Uh, most people, sadly, don't reflect on that verse. They scan it, and then they go right to the photos that's on, on the Christmas card, the photos of the family and everything else. But there's a lot of things in this verse that we need to see. When we look at the context of this, the verses leading up to this verse 6 are much gloom and doom sprinkled with a little bit of hope. The prophet Isaiah was raised up. He was to give a word to the nation of Israel. Because of their sin and disobedience, he was bringing up prophecies against them that were going to come upon the nation. But it's not left there. And I think that's what people need to understand, that God does not leave things in a gloom and doom state. God will not leave things undone. He will finish them. We live in a fallen world with uh, sinful people, and we're going to face gloom and doom times. But there's hope when we look at what God has promised us. Even though in this passage, the verses leading up, there may be some Doom, there may be some distress, there may be some destruction, but ultimately God does not leave it there. The hope we have is real because it's rooted in God's ability to govern this world the way it should be. And He's going to set His feet back on this planet and He's going to show the world what righteousness is when He rules. Now, we talked about the one world government. That, I, I preached on that several weeks ago, that in the tribulation period, there's going to arise a one world government with, which is going to be led by the Antichrist, an evil, wicked man that is possessed by Satan. And during that time, there's going to be dark times. Government is going to suppress the people. Men in power are going to fleece the, the flock. They're going to keep them at bay. There will be no progression or quality of life as we have even known it in the United States. And we've seen how things are evolving. But there is another one world government coming after the tribulation period. And it's not going to be ruled by the Antichrist, but Jesus Christ. And that's what we look forward to. There's going to be what's called the millennial reign uh, found in Revelation chapter 20. And it's going to be a 1,000 year reign where Jesus Christ will set up his throne. We find in verses 6 and 7 really the reason for this hope of promise. See where it begins in verse 6? It says 4. It begins with a connection to the previous verses, and this is the reason why God can give a promise of hope. Whatever he said in the previous verses uh, concerning the gloom and doom and sprinkled with hope, he now turns to why we can have hope today. The, the message of Christmas is really bound up in this. 
Isaiah gives us the reason why we celebrate Christmas, the reason why you and I can have hope today. And we know that the world needs hope today more than anything in this world. So I, I've broken this down really into two main points. If you're taking uh, notes, very simple. God's promise of hope comes through His ruler, and God's promise of hope comes through His rulership. God's promise of hope comes through His ruler is found in verse 6. And we see right here that there needs to be a ruler, and the only hope that the world has is when God sets up His ruler ultimately on the throne. Now, if you're a believer today, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, well, God has already broken into uh, mankind, and He has done that for believers. You and I share with people, and we go out there and we say there was a king that was born, and he is ruling and reigning. Well, where's he at? I don't see him ruling and reigning. In fact, it looks like China's taking control of the world right now. No, you and I know what what we have in us because we've been born again and we've received the King. Even though it may be invisible to an unbelieving world, it is very visible to you and I, but there's a time coming where it is going to be visible to the entire world as the book of Revelation reveals. And we have that ruler in our hearts right now. This is why your life was changed and why you follow the Word of God. You now submit to a king that some people will mock. They'll say, well, you know, I don't see any king. Well, he's the undercover boss, I guess, you know, to the world. So, so we do. And I want you to see a couple things in this verse 6 when we think of God's promise of hope coming through His ruler. First of all, the confirmation of God's ruler. Look at this with me. He says a child is born. Number one, a child is born. This ruler is to be born a child. This is why when you talk about a ruler like Jesus that rules the universe, people just don't get it because He came into this world as a human. He was born like you and I. His mother didn't conceive Him like we were conceived. There was no male input. It was the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary and she conceived. And Jesus, when He was born, He came through the birth canal. And He was born in a stable. Ha! Your king is born in a stable? Yeah. That's right. He was born in a stable. He clothed Himself with all humility. In Luke chapter 2, verses 4-6, to it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, now watch this, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. If you don't believe Jesus came in the flesh, then you're not there with God because 1 John says anyone who denies that Jesus came in the flesh is of the spirit of the Antichrist. And we know this and we believe that Jesus was born into this world human. And that's the mystery of the God-man. Fully human, fully God. And so when we look at a child is born, it highlights the humanity of Jesus. That He lived on this earth and He got tired like you and I did. He needed to eat like you and I did. He had to drink water like you and I did. And He received pain 
just like you and I did. He, he was rejected by many. He hung on a cross by himself, surrounded by two thieves. He was beaten by Roman soldiers. Every whip and every beating that Jesus took, He felt like you and I would. He was fully human, but it also says that for to us a son is given. To us a son is given. This highlights the deity of Jesus Christ. Where a child is born highlights the humanity. A son is given highlights the deity of Jesus Christ. Listen to Luke 1.35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. There's Mary questioning the angel. How's this going to happen? You make this promise. I've never been with a man. How can I give a child? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. It doesn't say that a son is going to come. It says a son is given. The focus of Christmas is never the receiving of gifts. The focus of Christmas is always what God gave. And that's important for you and I to understand. Otherwise, we lose the focus. The world is into materialism. The unbelievers are, man, it's all... And this is why they go into depression after Christmas after the holidays where they go into this depression. It's now time to pay the bills. I ate too much. I spent too much. I gave too much. But for us, we know there was a gift given. Another prophecy the Lord gave through the prophet Isaiah is Isaiah 7.14. Listen to this. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. We know this is specifically speaking of Jesus Christ. Even though critics of the Bible say in Isaiah 7.14, that that Hebrew word can mean a young woman. It can. It means both. It could mean a young woman or it can mean a virgin. But Matthew's Gospel clears that up. In Matthew 1.22-23, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He's referring back to the prophecy of Isaiah. And they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. Yeah, a child was born, but a son was given. Speaking of His deity, God wouldn't just come to earth. He would be born on this earth, into this world, as sinful and tainted as it is and as holy as He is. Jesus is both human and divine. Imagine what He had to endure through this life. Luke 2.11 says, For unto you is born this day the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I want you to see something in this Isaiah passage or you'll miss it. It says to us a child is born. To us a son is given. Make that personal with you. Even though the context was 
applying to Israel, God promised the Messiah is going to come. He's going to come out of the nation of, uh, of Israel and He's going to occupy the throne. The promise was to Israel, but also to the Gentiles. That's why in verse 1 of chapter 9, but there will be no other gloom for who was anguished in the former time. He brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time He has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan. Galilee of the nations or the Gentiles. You and I are Gentile. We're non-Jewish. The promise was to Israel, but we have been grafted in through our faith in Jesus Christ. So you need to make that personal. God gave me a son. A son. A simple reflection even on this passage speaks volumes of the value that God has in your life. He values you. People don't see that today. We were in another tragic situation. We get called out at times as chaplain of the police department, but uh, family lost a 17-year-old on Thursday, and it was a tragic way. And I just think if people understood the value that God places on them and what He gave us, it would be a game-changer in the lives of so so many. There's been amazing Christmas gifts given in the past, and just for fun, I googled the greatest and most expensive Christmas gifts ever given. Many of you know Mike Tyson, right? When he was at his prime, he was the world champion. He was married to Robin Givens, beautiful actress, and they got married, and it was supposed to be like the marriage. It was on a pedestal. All the Hollywood tabloids put it up and everything else. You know what he gave her for Christmas one year? A 24-carat bathtub. But that didn't hold a candle to what number two on the list was. Number two was the Hope Diamond worth $250 million given as a Christmas gift. And that didn't hold a candle to the number one gift, which was the Orlov diamond, a 189-carat diamond that they say is priceless. The greatest and most costly gift ever given was to us. The child is born to us. The son is given to us. Romans 8.32, listen and grab this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> that is such good news. This is what Christmas is, you guys. A government is inherited, so we not only have a child born, a, a son is given, but we also have a government inherited. In that verse 6, it says the government will be on His shoulder. And royalty would would, would wear on their shoulder who they were. And we know that this throne was promised to Jesus Christ, but I think it goes even much deeper than that when it comes to the shoulder that Jesus bore His own cross and He carried it on His shoulder to His death which made Him worthy as to inherit the throne He was going to and be the ruler of the government. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Isaiah 22, 22, you need to write this down. Another prophecy of Isaiah, and I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. That's the authority that Jesus has. He inherited the government of God to rule faithfully, and I think the Messiah is not going to be like other rulers in this world where they rule without the cares of the people. He's going to rule without the taking into account the business of the people. There's been people that have ruled even today that could care less about other people. But not so with Jesus. He's going to carry our burdens on His shoulder. He's going to carry... He's going to bear the burdens of, of the people. So that's, that's the confirmation of God's ruler coming into this world. Now look at the characteristics of God's ruler. They're highlighted in the titles given to him in this Isaiah 6. There's four double word titles or names, if you will. And he shall be called. Now this is God's ruler. Number one, wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. What a beautiful title that is. And some think that it's speaking of wartime council because the Assyrians were going to come in and march in and they want to uh, keep the prophecy to a specific historical time back then, but it's not speaking about that. It's more than wartime council. It is the council that comes through Jesus Christ. This beautiful title is, is, is something that people need to see in Jesus even today, including yourself. Speaking of Christ, it says in Colossians 2.3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you're out there and you're looking for a counselor today, this is a good one. In him are all the treasures found, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the riches of... of, of and, and I cannot tell you I couldn't count them how many people I've ran into in the life of my ministry that said, man, I was so lost. And then Jesus stepped into my life. And I don't know how I did it because it wasn't me. Jesus was the one leading the way. There's all kinds of counsel out there, friends. There's secular counsel. There's pagan counsel. There's anti-God counsel because people want to think that you can fix yourself. But I can parade a ton of people before you that found the person of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it doesn't come in a prescription. It comes in a person. He's mighty God. This is another title given to Jesus and it should take us all back when Isaiah refers to Him as mighty God. This is an amazing title when you think about it. Because it's speaking of who? It's speaking of the child who was born. It's speaking about the Son that is given. All of those who say Jesus is not God has to white out this passage in the Scriptures. It's specifically telling us who the Son is and who the child is. Wonderful Counselor. 
mighty God. And that is so, so cool. Because Jeremiah 32, 18 to 19 says, You show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty in deed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. In Deuteronomy 10.17, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe, the great and mighty awesome God. We know that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And here we see a specific passage in Isaiah 9 referring to the child who's going to be born. And that is different from any other pagan God. Our God came down to this earth in all humility to receive the pain, the rejection of this world to identify with you. And this is why in Hebrews 4, it says we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro. Or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977